0: So it's USC's real rivalry week. Blue blood, blues is blue blood. UCLA, you were last week's news. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Holkin, and thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Whether you uh, like to watch on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I also want to thank everyone who's uh, been watching for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, hit that red subscribe button. It means a lot. And to those of you who have, again, thank you. thank you. You can also always follow me at Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So if you thought we were done talking about the USC victory over UCLA, you'd be wrong. Although you know we will start uh, looking ahead to USC's biggest rival, Notre Dame, uh, who by the way USC hosts this Saturday at the Coliseum, four thirty p.m. West Coast time. Uh, national TV on ABC, so everyone will be able to watch this game free of charge. If you can't make it, uh, but before we uh, we start looking too far ahead. Um, I'm not going to let UCLA off the hook just quite yet. We're going to take a little bit more time, uh, USC fans, to appreciate what USC did against their 1B rival. Uh, look, if, if Lincoln Riley can have two, two starting left tackles and, and designate them 1A, 1B, I'm going to allow the same latitude with USC's rivalry rivalries. Uh, Notre Dame will always be 1A. UCLA, you can uh, take the 1B spot. Remember, you have to know where your role is on the totem pole of life. And UCLA, you're under Notre Dame when it comes to uh, the respective rivalry, as far as I'm concerned. Um, look, I, I know Bruin fans, you don't like hearing that. Too bad. Deal with it. As Brett Nealon said after the game, everything runs through USC now. So, we want to talk about it. I hang out over at the University Village between uh, Hoover, Vermont, Jefferson. Check it out. It's a good place to hang out, by the way. Um, look, it was tw- 20 years ago this year that Carson Palmer started a uh, USC Heisman surge. um, And it started that surge when USC had three Heisman Trophy uh, winners within a four-year period. I said five. Technically, I'm not wrong. But it was three within four. Uh, It started with Carson Palmer. And that surge started with a a really good game against UCLA, rival number 1B. Well. Carson followed up that win over UCLA, and he literally catapulted himself to the Heisman via the Notre Dame game, which was the following week at the Coliseum. In that game, he backed up that win over UCLA with a a huge performance. Um, 425 yards, four touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, that USC offense outgained Notre Dame are you ready for this number? Six hundred and ten yards to one hundred and nine. Um, USC was the sixth sixth ranked team at the time, uh, and Notre Dame was ranked number seven. Final score: forty-four to thirteen. You might remember that was the first of three consecutive years when USC defeated Notre Dame by thirty-one points. It was a it was a running joke. Uh, in fact, one of the peripheral jokes. Besides uh, losing to USC by 31 points for three consecutive years, what gets smoked more than Notre Dame in a bowl? You guys can figure that one out. Um, There was a time when Notre Dame was having a rough time in their bowl games, and it just happened to coincide with those years where USC was dominating college football. USC might be uh, repeating history. USC started that surge with a Orange Bowl at-large invitation with a ten and two team. They're ten and one heading into their biggest game of the season, obviously uh, with Notre Dame. So, um, you know, UCLA, you were the undercard. Notre Dame, they're the main attraction coming up Saturday. So, you know, we USC, you need to thank UCLA. They gave you a really good scrimmage game. Uh, It it gave you guys a chance to kind of work out the kinks so you can continue to uh, impress the college football poll voters, the committee. And, you know, again, as I mentioned, that game, that win, the way Caleb performed, uh, literally vaulted him to the front of the Heisman Trophy conversations. So, uh, typically on this episode of Locked on USC, I like to give out, Uh, Position grades, uh, offense and defense, special teams. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time giving grades for each position. I'm just going to go offense, defense, special teams. Um, As far as the offense, they get an A across the board. All position groups. When you consider what was on the line, you know, the the Pac-12, an opportunity to play in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Ah, uh, to con- continue the the drive for a possible playoff berth. To have to overcome what UCLA did to USC the previous year. Um, Caleb Williams playing for a Heisman, you know, the opportunity for a Heisman Trophy. The offense, first quarter. They weren't good. They were USC spotted UCLA 14 points. But after that first quarter, um, they did pretty much what they wanted on offense. I mean, the running backs, they they played like Travis Dye would have played. I'm not saying, hey, did you know that Travis Dye wasn't needed? Austin Jones, Ray Leak Brown, Darwin Barlow, all three of them, uh, they... They did what they were asked to do. They ran the ball incredibly well. Um, they might have been even more effective than UCLA running the ball. The wide receivers, <laughs> look, they made the, the Bruin defensive backs look silly. I mean, how do you allow a Bolitnikoff winner to get open 11 times for 178 yards? Now, granted, you've got Caleb Williams as the quarterback throwing to him. Nevertheless. Um, 11, 11 receptions, 178 yards. And you had Kyle Ford just snatching balls out of the air. Taj Washington grabbing balls. A tight ends. They were blocking. The offensive line, when they wanted to, they were busting open, you know, they were making holes for the running backs. Uh, they kept Caleb clean for most of the game. Um, Once they made the adjustment, uh, replacing Mason Murphy with Bobby Haskins, I I don't know, maybe the moment was too big uh, for for Mason. Uh, UCLA does have a couple of quick uh, defensive ends. Once Bobby came in to replace Mason, the offensive line performed much better. And um, like I mentioned, the run game I thought was just as effective as as UCLA's with Zach Charbonnet and and Dorian Thompson Robinson uh, doing the – the majority of their running. Um, and then, look, Caleb Williams, <laughs> bottom line, your quarterback, it, he just keeps doing things that few are capable of doing. Uh, and the ones who are capable of doing what he's doing right now, they're playing in the NFL. So, you know, outside of his, you know, back-to-back games where he's throwing interceptions, which he now has three on the season, Um. What else do you really want him to nitpick about him? I mean, <laughs> another career-high, 407 yards. The guy, it was just amazing. Uh, and he's got Notre Dame coming up where he's going to look to build off of this, this last performance. Um, look, this is no secret. Lincoln was asked about it with Caleb sitting right next to him after the game at, against UCLA about the Heisman. That's part of the pressure. Uh, that he performed under against UCLA. And you didn't see him sweat. Here's another thing. Uh, this is why the USC offense gets an A. They have yet to fumble the ball this year on offense. I know technically they have one. I came against an onside kick. USC has not fumbled the ball this year. <laughs> Period. It's an amazing stat through 11 games. Amazing. Yes, that's me knocking on wood. They still got a few more games to play this year. Let's keep that stat rolling. And bottom line, after they spotted UCLA 14 points, they scored 48. They could have scored 60. You know, if they weren't looking past UCLA to Notre Dame. Let that one sink in for all you UCLA fans who are watching. And I know there's a few of you. Because you hit me up on Twitter. I love you, sister. Bring that diaper bag. It's an inside joke for the family. Um, So, uh, again, kudos to USC. You got past rival 1B UCLA, 48-45. to It was a great game. Um, That's what the offense gets, an A. I don't care what position you played, you get an A for performing, doing the job, getting it done, and under that external pressure that is going to continue to build, especially with this game coming up. And here's the thing. There's still so much more upside uh, for this offense. They've yet to play a complete game, which is kind of, it's kind of scary. Maybe it happens in game 12. So speaking of upside, you know whether it's driving less, eating out less, going to the grocery store less. We can all agree there's nothing fun about that word less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back as much because I get cash back on every purchase. So when I go to the gas station, you know, I kind of take a picture of the receipt, upload it to Upside. All of a sudden, I see uh, cash back. And, I, and because of that, I don't have to cut back on some of those extras as much. When you, when you get your cash back from Upside, you can either you know have it uploaded right back into your bank account, or you can put on these little gift cards. You like going to get Starbucks coffee, load up your Starbucks gift card. You don't lose out on Starbucks in these days where you're trying to cut back. Those are some of the perks to Upside. So, to get started, download the free Upside app and you can use my promo code LOCKED and you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, (coughs) claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So, download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. You're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Once again, I want to thank Everybody for making Locked On USC your first listen today, but hey, if you got a second to listen? Check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Okay, defense. I I know the numbers aren't great um you give up 45 points typically teams that give up 45 points they're on the losing side of the scoreboard um gave up a lot of yards um but you know what i think everybody anticipated this is the way that this game was going to go you have two high powered offenses um that was ucla strength you know they can run the ball uh, they have a dynamic player, a quarterback in DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Got a pretty good receiver, Jake Bobo. Big, strong dude. And their tight end, uh, hey, got open for three touchdowns, Michael Aziki. And everybody knows about Zach Charbonnet running, running the ball. So, with that said, um, USC, the defense, look, they gave up points. They gave up the yards. Uh, but they knew the key to winning this game, just making sure that USC's offense had the ball more than UCLA. Uh, with the key to was, was forcing the lead teddy bear. And remember, those are Brett Nealon's words, not mine, don't kill a messenger, uh, was to turn the ball over. And by the, the, the lead teddy bear, we're talking about DTR. Force him to make plays under pressure because he has shown throughout his long, illustrious history at UCLA um, that <coughs> he doesn't perform well under pressure. He will turn the ball over. And he obliged. Three interceptions and a fumble. <coughs> Excuse me. One of those interceptions so, went to Shane Lee. Another went to uh, cornerback Makai Blackman. You saw the fumble deep in his own territory, courtesy of uh, Tyrone Tulaney, with the sack and the force fumble. And that was deep in Bruin territory. Um, each of those led to USC scores. But none of those uh, turnovers. Not one of those. They each hurt. But, you know, when you're dying death by a thousand cuts, that thousandth cut hurts the worst. and. Uh, That interception from DTR to Corey Foreman, yeah, um, that killed their hopes and the dreams of the baby blue. They were playing for for a chance to play for for the Pac-12 Conference Championship. This is what happens when you talk too much heading into the week, going into the game. I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. DTR acknowledged it. He has to wear it. But, um, you know, that, that interception by Foreman is it's going to go down as one of the best defensive plays in USC history, period. Again, there was just so much on the line. You know, UCLA with the ball, a little over two minutes to play. I know they started deep in their own territory, but you're thinking, oh, man, best-case scenario, the defense steps up, forces a field goal. Worst-case scenario – They haven't been stopping UCLA much in the the second half. (laughs) UCLA gets that go-ahead touchdown. The opportunistic scenario came to fruition. That's who USC's defense is. Um, You you know that they're they're not great. um, But again, through 11 games, 25 takeaways. It's why your D-line and your Russians are known by one name. You go by the name Thule. Oh, by the way, he uh, was honored again this week, defensive, I think, defensive line player of the week for the Pac 12. (laughs) Um, Yeah. It was a good week. Uh, He also, you know, Thule, he also leads the nation in sacks. Uh, But he got, I mentioned Tyrone Toleni, he got that opportunistic help from that sack fumble from the. So Tyrone plays on the defensive line, Russian group. Um, I can mention Corey Foreman's name again because it was just a great play. (laughs) We hope that Corey is able to slingshot himself forward and build off of that, use that confidence to to become a player everybody wants him to be. and um, He wants himself to be. So just keep plugging away, man. Everyone's rooting for you. Uh, The linebackers, I thought they did a fantastic job in run support. You know, they held Zach Charbonnet to less than 100 yards rushing, um, including the uh, 10 yards for loss. He came into the game through 10 games with a total of 8 yards lost behind the line of scrimmage. When your front seven is performing like that, yeah, pretty good. Good job. And, you know, statistically it doesn't look like it, but I thought defensively, without Eric Gentry, I thought they played well enough. You know, by hook or crook, whatever it takes to get the job done, right? That's how USC's defense performed. You know, the secondary, they gave up a couple of big plays. Uh, but again, they had that big interception by, by Blackman. And once again, with all this external pressure, knowing that USC's offense had to score every time they had the ball to keep up with US, UCLA that was scoring pretty much every time they touched the ball. Um, they didn't cave in when they could have. They made more plays in UCLA's defense against, and let's be honest, UCLA's offense has more talent across the board uh, than I think USC has. USC has a lot of talent. Uh, some of it's really young. A lot of it's hurt. Um, and there's just not a lot of depth right now. So, if we're just trying to keep things real, you're not. I'm not trying to denigrate the, the guys on USC's roster, but let's you know, let's just be real about it. UCLA has a very um, prolific offense with a it's a pretty good head coach with an offensive that has an offensive line in Chip Kelly. Uh, so this USC defense, um, choose the adjective serviceable. They were physical. They were opportunistic. Like I said, by any means necessary, they got the job done to make sure USC won that game. Special teams. Um, look, Dennis Lynch he had a rough game. Missed a couple of field goals. One of them really wasn't his fault. Uh, you got to get the Michael McAllister or excuse me, Will Rose. You got to get your foot out of the way there. You can't be blocking kicks like that. Um, <clears throat> I'll, you know, I'll bet you. Chip Kelly wishes he uh, had that first-half timeout back, right? Because when he right when he called the timeout, Dennis Lynch went ahead and kicked that 49-yard field goal, and it came up short. Well, when it mattered, he cleared the crossbar, and he had room to spare. Oh, by the way, final score, 48-45, field goals were three points. I'm just saying. UCLA head coaches call timeouts at the oddest times. In this rivalry, wonder if uh, Chip got a phone call from Rick Skippy Neuheisel, right? You know, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, I mentioned earlier, USC only had to punt the ball one time in this game. Uh, Aiden Sleep Dalton, you know, he, that young man's got a nice touch to his kick. The, the ball dies when it hits the ground, so he actually put the USC defense in in good field position for that uh, final drive before Corey Foreman ended UCLA's hopes and dreams. Yeah, this is Corey Foreman's week. He's going to get a lot of love. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I know everybody wants to hear what's going on with those kickoffs. Alex Sadhouse can put the ball five yards deep into the end zone every time. I'm willing to tell him, Alex, try and kick it to downtown L.A., every single time and if it comes up short once or what you know on an occasion so be it. Lincoln Riley feels and and I think I agree for the most part their their kickoff coverage has been pretty good. With that said, why are you trying to give teams new looks when you you just want to start teams at the 25-yard line? And if you're covering kicks well, you know, maybe you'll get them at the 20. I don't know what this sky kick is was supposed to accomplish, but uh, you know, Lincoln said that they didn't get one deep enough on one of the kicks. I'm going to do my best Keyshawn Johnson imitation. Come on, man, just kick it through the back of the end zone, right? So, uh, with that said, you know, we everybody likes to harsh and throw shade at USC special teams. Let's put their numbers into context. Some comparison here. Excuse me. Eric McKinney over there at WeRSC.com. By the way, we still have that $10 special. Go check it out. $10 for an entire year. So um, here's some some numbers to uh, ruminate on. USC is number 77 in the country in kickoff return defense. Not good. Not bad. Ohio State is number 71. Northwestern is number four, and Stanford is number six. Which two teams are in the playoff hunt? Which two teams are waiting for the season just to finish? USC is number 65 in kickoff returns. Ohio State is number 83. Georgia is number 97. The University of Miami, Florida, they're number two. Same question applies. Oh, here's another stat. USC is number 111 in punt return average defense. Uh, But they've only allowed 80 total punt return yards through 11 games. Oh, by the way, Rutgers is number one. Georgia is dead last in that stat at number 131. USC is number 92 in punt returns. Oregon is number 94. So I, I think this is one area where I think everyone would agree USC should probably be better considering the athletes they have Jordan Addison, Michael Jackson III, Terrell Bynum, Ray Leak Brown. I know he doesn't do pound turns, but he could. Okay. So, you know, after the game, Lincoln Riley said that special teams was an issue against UCLA. So, if that's the case, would a full-time special teams coach make a difference? Maybe, maybe not. I think the way they're playing right now, as long as the the offense continues to perform, you've got Caleb Williams, you got that receiving core, you've got a great group of running backs still, offensive line, doing the job, defense, opportunistic. I think that's what Lincoln Riley is, is building this team off of this year. The special team just doesn't have to hurt the team. No more sky kicks. Let's remove that opportunity from hurting the team. All right. So, Bet Online—they are your number one source for your sporting bet info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest and get the odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. Bet Online—they've got it all. That's BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. <clears throat> We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, thanks to our friends over there at Bet Online. We're going to start moving into Notre Dame week. Like I said, this is USC's real rival. This is what the country tunes in to watch. Yeah, USC versus UCLA. It it has a national appeal. But this is the only true intersectional rivalry between Blue Bloods. Nobody else in the country does this. USC versus Notre Dame. Gotta get that face on. (coughs) The Battle for the the jeweled shillelagh. USC, they're going to host Notre Dame in This will be the 93rd time these two teams are meeting. And, uh, again, it'll be shown live nationally on ABC, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7.30 on the East Coast. Overall, you see USC trails in this uh, series, 37 to 50 with five ties. Um, Oh, by the way, remember that losing streak, 13 games? Well, that's basically the difference between these teams right now. Uh, USC, they are 18 21 and 4 versus Notre Dame in games immediately following the UCLA game, uh, including USC is 10 and 8 and 2 when they're coming off a win over UCLA, 8 12 and 1 coming off that loss. Uh, we know USC won. Some fun facts for everybody here. USC and Notre Dame, they are the, if you're not aware of this, you should be, uh, because this is a, for USC fans, uh, a lot of USC fans, myself included. Uh, a lot of pride in this fact here. USC and Notre Dame, they are the only two FBS, that's uh, formerly known as a Division One A teams, that have never played an FCS uh, opponent since uh, those divisions were split up back in 1978. USC and Notre Dame. UCLA dropped off that list this year uh, when they uh, hosted the... Uh, Oh, what was it? Alabama State. So, uh, fun fact number two. USC and Notre Dame have beaten each other more than any other opponent. We know that uh, Notre Dame has 50 wins over USC. USC has 37 over over Notre Dame. And here's another fun fact. USC and Notre Dame have played two common opponents this year. 2022. Stanford and Cal. USC defeated Stanford 41-28. While Stanford beat Notre Dame 16-14, uh, USC also beat Cal 41-35. to 35. Uh, Notre Dame was able to hold on and beat Cal in South Bend 24-17. to 17. Uh, This year, USC, they're going to come into the game ranked number five in the AP poll. Notre Dame number 13. Everyone will know where they will be ranked. Uh, when the CFP is released on Tuesday, by the time uh, you're done watching the show, CFP is released Tuesdays in the afternoon. Let's see here. What else do we want to go over number-wise? Oh, in USC in the USC-Notre Dame games, in which both teams are ranked by the AP, Notre Dame, they hold that 17-14 to with two ties advantage. When USC is the higher-ranked teams in such games, USC holds the advantage 12-6-2. USC is the higher-ranked team. And here we go. We're going to talk about Notre Dame for the rest of the week. UCLA, you're off the hook. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. You had a great season. We'll see you next year. US, USC runs this town. The Monopoly is uh, it's over here. All right, so to get your uh, Irish dander up, USC fans, Which losses to the donors bother you most? And we can include ties, because I am. Um, I'm going to start off, 1988, Tony Rice, Rocket Ishmael, somebody tackle Tony Rice. And uh, maybe USC wins that freaking game. USC was number one, Notre Dame was number two. Notre Dame won that game, prevented USC from another national championship. Yeah, not a happy person. How about uh, 1994? It wasn't a loss. It was a tie. Excuse me. But it sucked because USC gave up a fourth-quarter lead. Should have won that game. Should have ended that streak. And I think probably uh, the most disappointing game, at least in recent times. And you hate to put it on one man's shoulder because he was such a good player, such a great player for USC while he was there from the state of Michigan. Wide receiver, war number eight, Ronald Johnson. Oh man. Unfortunately, he will always be remembered for dropping the pass. Perfect ball in the rain. I understand it was wet, but he was so wide open. He could have back moonwalked into the end zone. That's how wide open he was. And USC ended up losing that game. So we'll talk about your favorite USC Notre Dame. USC wins over Notre Dame. But I kind of got to get your blood boiling, get you into this week. It's USC versus Notre Dame. Yeah. It's when it all matters. Nothing else matters right now. All right, everyone. You know what to do. Until our next episode of Locked on USC.